All right, it is Sunday. Let's let's have church. All right. Glory. I am so excited that you're here. And if you'll sit down, we'll get going. Hallelujah. Man. I believe that you're here for a purpose. You're, you're not here on accident. And, and when we get done, hopefully that you'll say, oh, my goodness. Some of you will hear things for the first time today. Some of you will hear things that will confirm what you've always believed. And some of you will say, I forgot what I heard already. I mean, not, not what you heard today, but I forgot what I actually was reminded of what I just heard from Pastor John this morning. And it's going to set me in a whole new course of action. It is good to see you, and so let's begin. Remember that we're going through the series, and it's been several months. The, the first step was realizing who God said He was. And that's a whole lot different than somebody saying who He was, but who God says He was. And we went through the whole series, and we talked about things like the prodigal son, but really He was the waiting father, the loving father with compassion. We, we talked about Isaiah 30, verse 18, where he lifts himself up to be gracious to us. He looks long and expects to be blessing and to give us love, joy, peace. The, the Amplified says his victory and his unmatchless companionship. See, some people see God totally different than that, but God says, I'm the God who is love. See, sometimes we think God has love, and that's true, but He is love. Whole different way of saying it. The whole different way of a, a paradigm shift. Because when we realize that God is love, we realize that God has, that there is no punishment. There is no fear in love. Because fear talks about punishment. Okay. I could preach that series and I got to go on. And then the second part was who God says you are. And again, this is the biggest thing in our identity as we're walking it out. Somebody somewhere begins to create a belief system in us of who we are. You carry your belief system. And, and it's obvious at times the way that you respond to different things in your life. Now, now listen to this. It, is, it seems so easy, but over our course of our lifetime, our belief system is created. And out of that belief system, if it's based on the Word of God or if it's based on kind of a hybrid of everything that we've all been taught or whatever, that belief system, we make choices. And out of those choices, we put ourselves in experiences. Everybody with me on that? You experience things because of the choices that you made. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever. And the, the situation that you're in right now, the experiences then confirm your belief system or you have to change it. Now, we, we just talked about this. And when we talk about who God says that we are, and then he, you know, we, we've wrapped it up with God is love. That's who he is. And who God says we are is we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, some of you go, well, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Let me tell you, when you stand and make that your firm foundation, the enemy comes against you with the biggest thing, and that is fear. You go, 
I might as well move on. Because I'm not going to walk in fear. Because, listen, I've said it so many times, that God doesn't love you because you're special. But you're special because God loves you. So you get it in a right perspective and your belief system begins to, to, to harden and, and build a firm foundation on the rock. And then when the winds blow, you're not going to be, you know, all over the place. Get myself happy. <laughs> Sometimes it's different than reading it and studying it than coming out of your mouth. This morning I said, Gwen, 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 come on in here. I got I to gotta preach to you. You know you preach to me all week, so come on in here. Don't they need you in the children's department? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I told her I, I love her being right there because I don't know how all of the vote's going to go today, but I know one that's with me. All right. Now listen, out of our belief system, we come up with things that come out of our mouth. I believe in healing. Well, do you pray for the sick? No, why not? Because I can't guarantee they're going to get healed. Come on now, somebody here, be honest. The fact is that you've had an experience where you thought it was all up to you. Okay, let's keep going. Don't allow people's influence that are negative to dictate your belief system. And for the most part of it, we like to have the majority believe like us, even if we know that it's not based on the Word of God. There, there's comfort in knowing that other people are wrong, but we, we might be wrong, but we got them too. All right, so this morning, I'm so excited to get into this place. And, and again, I, I want you to remember that as we get into this, it, it, we're going to wade into it. And I, I want you to please do everything you can to be here in the next few weeks so that you can put this together. There is not enough time or not allowed enough time to speak today on this whole subject. You can go back, and I'm trusting that the uh, Facebook and wherever else will have this recorded, that you can see it again, because you'll be like, i I gotta, I got to go back and hash that out. That's good. Process it over and over. So the first thing that I want you to see is, who is man? I, I want you to turn to Psalms real quick in Psalms chapter 8. And, and again, you might not have today, but in the future, bring some notebooks and, and your Bible, the hard copy, or if you have a phone, iPad, or whatever, make sure that you got a memo pad and, and you can type on it not what you're having for dinner or all this other stuff just stay focused <clears throat> you have a, a camera take a picture of some of these slides and, and again bring them back up in your mind so what we've been talking about the dominion or the the uh the authority of the believer i want you to look at psalms chapter 8 verse 3 now this is out of the amplified and it says this and here's the psalmist and he says when I view and consider your heavens and work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained and established, listen to the question. What is man that you're mindful of him? The son of earthborn man that you are, that you care for him. Listen to this. Yet you have made him but a little lower than God or heavenly beings, and you have crowned him with the glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion. Can you say that word dominion? Over the works of your hand. You have put all things 
under his feet. You know how much all is? <laughs> all. Now, now, a lot of times you'll read this, and in the King James it says, you have made him a little lower than angels. And, and when you think about this subject and you talk about the authority of the believer, sometimes we get this feeling, and, and again, it's a feeling. We'll talk about why we get feelings, part of the body, uh, soul, spirit. It's part, the, the part is the, the body that gives us our feelings. But we feel it's almost too arrogant or, or we, become, we try to become humble to the fact that, oh, no, 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 it's got to be, we're lower than the angels. But the word there in the, in the original text is Elium, which again is God's in the ordinary sense. It is a, a little lower than little g, not big G, capital G, but little g, God's. God made Adam and Eve, really you could say the gods of this world. Now that, that's a big statement. And before you get a big head, remember the fall of man in the garden. But until you see it as your position, you will not recognize the authority of the believer. The first couple chapters of Genesis is so important to the important principles that God has set in our lives. I want you to see this before we go on because some people will go, What? Matter of fact, I had people in my life, and I told you about influence and how, how sometimes somebody will influence you and you're not real confident in what you believe and you'll know it. Oh, I don't, I don't. I remember someone years ago, and I, I'm a Bible student, and so you don't believe in dominion, do you? And I'm not even sure what dominion means at this point in my life. And I said, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't. Wrong. I do believe in dominion. Because the Bible just said we have dominion. Okay. So listen to this. In Psalms 82 verse 6. Listen to what it talks about this. It says this. Psalms 82 6. That, that's scripture. Right? You are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. Do, do you know you'd say some people say well that's 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 the Old Testament. That's, a, that's not God saying. Well, let's, let's look at Jesus and how he said this. In John chapter 10, verse 34. <clears throat> this is a story right after uh, Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and he leads the sheep out and the good shepherd comes through the gate and doesn't jump. We'll talk about that in a second, but... He's talking about all these good things and he says, I've come, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life to the full, to the abundant, to the overflow. And then he goes into teaching and it says that the religious leaders there start, and why? Because their belief system is challenged. And remember, the belief system that we base our life on, boy, when it's challenged, either we run, we, we just, uh, or we want to fight. In the Bible, we see that every time that our, the belief system was challenged, that the people, not every time, but a lot of times, they threw stones at people called stoning. We know that Paul gave approval to the stoning of Stephen when he was challenging the people's belief system. But later, he would be the one that stones were being thrown at because Paul became a person challenging their belief systems. Jesus is a point here in John chapter 10 when he is challenging their belief system and they're about ready to stone him. And it says that he walked because he's got, he walks right through the middle of them without being touched. 
But what is it that made them so mad? He quotes this Psalms passage and he says this. It says in John 10, 34 and 35. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I have said you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the world was of God, came and the scripture cannot be broken. Again, the religious leaders of the day were there and they, their belief system became challenged so much that they wanted to stone him. I want you to get that. So when you go to the Garden of Eden, God gave dominion over the earth so that man would keep it and watch over it. God gave Adam authority to watch over it, to name the animals and, and to have authority over all the creeping things, over all the creeps on the earth. Okay, I want you to remember this before we go on. First, the authority was given to man by God. It was given to man by God. And the second thing is that the authority that was expressed or exercised was through words. Man is the only living creature on earth who has a spirit being dominated through the use of words. I turned my notes and I got a note up here. Men's breakfast, Saturday, 10 to 12, 10 to, yeah, 10 at 8 o'clock. This, or no, no, October the 2nd at 8 o'clock. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> That's not page two of my notes. But anyway, we'll, we'll just go ahead and announce it right there. Now listen to this. He's in the garden, and every time that there's a problem in the garden, he was expected to release faith through words. I'm giving you authority. Be Able to take care of it, Adam, take care of it, uh, watch over it, protect it, guard it, and then multiply it, be fruitful and multiply it. There was no way physically that he could do that. But he could express it through words and watch the manifestation just like God had done in the creation of the earth. Look at Genesis chapter 1. Let's, let's go all the way back. I want you to hear this. I want everybody to be reminded of this. You might have heard this in Sunday school. As a child, you might have heard it last week, but let's all remember this passage. Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> this is the creation of man. And it says this, Then God said, Let us, remember that, let us, we believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth. And over all the creatures that move along the ground. Again, the creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase the number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and and over every creature that moves along on the ground. Isn't it something how he continues through the word of God to repeat that? And so many times I go, you know, what, what is that? And a lot of times we hear it one time and it goes, and, but he continually repeats it. Do, do we know that the Father's will is his word? Hopefully there's nobody will disagree with that. That's why we pray his word. Because typically man wants to pray us. We want to pray the problem. God, you see the problem? 
I can see a problem. Boy, there's a problem. There's a problem right here in River City, and it starts, it's trouble. It starts with a T, you know, though. God's word is his will. God's word is his will. And when we speak his word, we're manifesting his kingdom on this earth. That's why God, when he's teaching his disciples to pray, Brianna brought this up a few weeks ago in Matthew chapter 6. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? You guys know that passage. What he's saying is, the word spoken on earth will do the same thing that it is in heaven. It is being that the Father's will is being carried out. Now watch this. If you realize that God's word is his will, think about this. When we confess and we, our, our words become powerful in releasing out of our, our mouth, because why? Our salvation, we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart. Listen to this. Our healing, our deliverance, walking in love, all those things. Let me say this. Man is consists of three parts. And, and some of you know this. And, and here's, here's the passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 8, or verse 5. Let me say it again. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Now listen to this. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in a trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that our, we have, listen, we are a spirit. Did, did everybody catch that? We are a spirit. I just want us to stop there. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. Is there anybody that you have loved before and you look into that casket? Unfortunately, as bad as it is, but you look and you know that's not the person that I loved. It's, a, it's an earth tent, you could say. Again, part of our identity is to realize that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We have three parts. Let me say it this way. Man is a spirit. A lot of times you can define it, you can kind of see it as your conscience. It's the voice of our human spirit. We have a soul, our emotions, our will, our intellect. You could consider it as reasoning. Is the voice of our soul. But listen to this. This is where a lot of times that we live out of our soul and our body because... The body is the five senses. It's the feelings. It's the voice of our physical body, our senses. And a lot of times we don't walk by faith because we're living in the body. And we just we go back to the, 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 uh, the feelings. It, it, it cannot dominate the believer or you will never believe that you have the authority that God has given you. And the reason why is because if you're always going by feelings and not by faith, can we all agree that we don't get up every morning feeling like Superman and Wonder Woman? We don't go by feelings. Our identity is not dictated to us. 
Turn out the lights. The party's over. All right. Our body does not dictate through our feelings who we are. You need to tell yourself that. I tell myself that. It takes me telling myself about 50 times sometimes. John, just because you feel it doesn't mean it's real. Matter of fact, even if you see it, the Bible says the things you see are temporal. So let me keep moving. Here's where God gave man dominion. I want you to understand and, and hear John Miller say it because if you don't, you're, you're going to get, uh-oh. God owns everything. He owns everything. He is the creator. Listen, he has the title deed to the earth. The Bible says, though, that things like this. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, in Psalms 24. The world and all that live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established on the water. And everybody said. Amen. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, here, here's another verse to kind of, you know, just kind of, well, you know, I did it all. I worked. I did it my way. And so the money that I have is mine. God says in Haggai, verse Chapter 2, verse 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Just in case you're foggy on that. God owns it all. But when he was done finishing the restoring of this planet, Earth, this is what, sit back, hold on. When he was done finishing restoring this Earth, out of his love, he turned it over to Adam you could say on a lease to man to be a steward and a manager over this planet. I know that some of this is going, what? We have 52 weeks a year. We used to have three services a week. Now we're down to one. So you're just going to have to get it kind of like a drinking out of a fire hydrant sometimes. If you have a problem with the lease, the whole thing, and that's just a way of saying it, look at Matthew chapter 21. Jesus kind of relates to this in the story about uh, how an owner of a vineyard, he plants the vineyard and he digs the vineyard, he plants the, he makes the wall and then he leases it, or some versions will say he rents it out to tenants that come and they, you know, it's a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But listen again, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the livestock over all the earth and all of our creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him to rule over it. He created it in order for man to rule over it. So right there, I want you to see that we all as mankind go, Woo! Unfortunately, the next chapter is the fall of man. So I want you to look at this. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, this is a story where Adam and Eve, remember, they have been given dominion. They have been given rule. And I know some of it, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction when you hear that God created them a little lower than God and gave him a, a spirit, to, or a spirit, he is a spirit, lives, has a soul, and lives in a body.
But here he is, and in Genesis chapter 3, it says that there's a serpent, and he was more craftier than any of the wild animals of the Lord that God had made. Now, what was his responsibility? What was Adam's responsibility? To rule over the earth. He was to watch, to manage the garden. Did he have authority over creeping things? Is a snake a creeping thing? See, have you ever noticed that a lot of times we can look back and know that Satan wanted to rule again and set up his kingdom here on the earth to take away what God had given mankind, set up his kingdom of darkness? But have you ever got to that place where you kind of thought, why, why did Eve, a woman, give away everything that we had? Somebody said, where would we be without woman? And somebody said, well, back in the garden. No, that's not true. Because the Bible says that when the Satan, the serpent, is talking, and again, let me just kind of put this in right here, is because Jesus in chapter 10, talking about the good shepherd, he says that anyone that goes over in a legal way into the garden is a robber. The enemy, Satan, through a serpent, he's a spirit, and the only way that he gets on the earth is through the body of a serpent or a body of something. He begins to tempt Eve in the garden, but I want you to see this. When you read the rest of that, you realize that Adam, because sometimes you, you wonder when the conversation is going with the, the snake, the serpent, and uh, Eve, where, where in the world is Adam? Is he naming some bugs off and, you know, what, what is he doing? But the Bible says he was right there with her. I think I heard some men go, oh my, you know. Instead of amen in that part there. Have you ever thought that if he walked in his dominion and his identity of being able to rule over the earth, that he would have said, "What? Well, how'd you get in here? And he could have said to the enemy, get out of this planet. And I believe that he could have been banished for all time. And, and I believe his wife, depending on where, where you're from or whatever, but I think she might have just, oh, he might have took off her flip-flop and just beat that snake silly all the way. Stood in identity with her husband. Get out of the garden. You're not supposed to. But they gave ear to what he was saying in the temptation. And, and th this is where we can all identify that this is where we can get, again, an example to be an overcomer in this world. Here is Eve, and, and they begin to have a conversation with the enemy. The enemy has come over a different way. It says the man who enters the gate is the shepherd of his sheep, but the one who climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Now realize this right here. Satan has come in wrong. Jesus will come in as a man that has a body legally on the face of the earth to redeem you and me from what is happening right here. Just, we'll explain that later. But here's the enemy that is coming in 
an illegal or a wrong way to be a robber. The serpent says to Eve, did God really say? Did you hear that? Is, is that a question of faith or doubt? It's a doubt. Have you ever gotten to the place where you've been in a decision-making mode and you're at a a crossroads in your life? And a lot of times you'll be in a place where you go, do I believe that God would bring me out of this? It's always a question of doubt that will lead you or not into temptation. This is what's happening. It's a seed And it's a seed to make Eve doubt God's goodness. If you'll eat that fruit, watch this. This is just something that somebody needs to get today. If you'll eat that, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Now, what what did God say? Don't eat of that fruit because you will surely die. The enemy says... You won't die. Your eyes will be opened and you'll see like God. You'll know good from evil. Now watch this. They aren't going to get anything that they don't already. They already have dominion over the earth. God has already given them the ability to rule over their whole world. The only thing that they're going to get is death and destruction. And one day they will die. The enemy is always coming against your confidence in God actually being a God that is love. Hear that today. Just a little doubt. You will not surely die, the serpent said in verse 4. For God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let me start wrapping it up because of time here. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. If you go to verse 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked, so that they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now, I want to ask you, has anybody ever wondered, why didn't they ever have any thought about being naked before that? The Bible says that when they were able to even walk with God in the cool of the day, when God would come and talk to them and and, and they had a relationship. I believe that they were clothed with the glory that God had given them. Matter of fact, uh, you you study some theologians, and again, I'm I'm just telling you what I've read is... Even on stories of creation where they believe that Adam and Eve in a perfect form because sin was not entered into the body, that they were, you you wonder about, you know, well, people go, well, what about dinosaurs and what about, you know, why didn't they, you know, get killed and all they were outnumbered and they didn't have a gun or 
And they didn't have flip-flops, whatever. See, I believe, do you, do you remember when they, Moses had communion with God and he, his face was so bright that he had to wear a veil over it? Dude, you're shining too bright. Put something on. I believe that man was clothed with the glory of God until sin came into the world. And all of a sudden he began to realize the nakedness. Now, now I'm going to end right here, but I want you to see this. You and I, because of what Jesus did coming and redeeming us, paying for our sin and restoring us back to the original state. That's what redemption does. I want you to see this. That when you walk in your identity, you have confidence that you are the righteous in Christ Jesus. The sin that used to dominate you and be Lord over your life is not there anymore. Do you know that even Paul says that we put on the full armor of God? But one of the greatest pieces, in my opinion, is, is the breastplate of what? Righteousness. It provides protection for the vitals of the soldier. When you every day put on the breastplate of righteousness, what you're saying is, I know that I'm not special because God loves or I'm special and God loves me. The reason I'm special is because God loves me. I'm the righteousness in Him. When the Father looks at me, He sees His Son that died for me. All of a sudden, the more that we do that, the more that we realize that the blessings of God are on us to be a blessing to the world that we live in. A lot of times we think that, why did not God come back in the world and, and just clean out mankind and start over? We know that God can't do everything. Now, when I hear that, I go, ooh, cringe. But we know that God cannot lie. So God had already made declaration that man had authority on this earth. A lot of times we think that God created man out of the dust of the air or dust of the ground. And, but really think about this. The word of God says that he formed him out of the dust. Whoever made this did not create this podium. They, they poured the metal into this and made it out of something that already was. That's what God did to the dust of the ground. But the, the, the forming, he was just a lump of clay. That's who man was. But the Bible says God breathed life into him. That was the creation. He is a spirit. As believers in this time frame, hear me on this. The Bible says that Jesus will come back when he puts what? All. Maybe that's why we're waiting on Jesus. We don't even know when he's coming back. He puts all things under his feet. If Jesus is the head and we are the body, we're the feet. Anybody seen a big head with just feet? No. The feet are in the body. When the church takes its proper identity and begins to walk in the authority 
and we put the enemy under our feet, that allows that lease to be up and God can come back. Satan, all the God of this world does is go, boo, if we believe it, we become subject to someone that we don't have to be subject to anymore. I need to say this and allow you to process it this week. Is if you're an owner of a business and you have like say five satellite locations of businesses and they're all over the country and you hire a manager, a steward to manage those businesses And every time that he has a problem, he calls you and goes, what do I, what do, I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Really, the owner says, I hired you to be the, solve, the problem solver. You call me and tell me what you did. Now, now, that manager can cause problems, but that owner has given him authority to make those decisions. Wait on it. Wait on it. There's things that are going on in our lives that we're waiting on God. God, why aren't you? And God said, I'm waiting on you. I've already given you the authority. If you'll have confidence to walk in that identity. do, Do you remember when Jesus said, it is finished? That doesn't mean, well, there's some little things that are still going. No, I've done it for you. I have redeemed you back to the place that you can walk by faith. What you say is powerful over the circumstances of life. Boy, I tell you what, this country that we love, the United States, is going down, down, not on my watch. Do you have the authority or do you not? Are you speaking faith or are you part of the people speaking the fear? I am not going to allow our country to go down. I am not going to let you go down as people that I love. Do you understand? There's a time of teaching, a time of process, and then there's a time of preaching. Today I think there's a time of teaching because when I just said that, you go, amen, amen, amen. There's a time coming when there's preaching going to go forth And I just pray that I'm the one preaching it because you're going to go, what? Because it's going to be a revelation in your life. I have the authority. God has given me the authority to speak to things that are not as if they were. You want to talk about how crazy that sounds to some people? Just go to a guy named Abraham that's 100 years old and say you're going to have a kid. Go to the... What people, some, some people say that is stupid, a, a little kid, and say, you have a covenant that you can go against that 10-foot giant. There'll be people lining up to talk him out of it. You don't have the authority to do that. You, you with me? Stick with me. Still love me, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to walk through this. And I believe by faith, when we come out of this series, that you'll begin to, again, challenge your belief system. 
Hopefully you're not throwing rocks up here or you're not running. But stay connected and watch and allow the Holy Spirit and realize this, that just like we all are growing and maturing in Christ and there's a day physically when our mother feeds us, you know, you remember that time? I don't. I remember, you know, children that I've watched and mom will put the food and then they scrape the chin, don't they? I got two grandsons and I, they're not there yet, but I can't wait. Where they feed them, you know, and they scrape the chin and put it in. But how many people know that that's not too attractive for a 40-year-old man to mom have to say, honey, come on in, sit in the chair, I'll feed you again. You know what I'm talking about. So, and that's negative then, if, but I don't mean it to be negative. There's a time when we have to take the responsibility of being a self-feeder. Because, listen, at church you go, amen, Pastor John, and somebody else will question you this week and go, you don't believe in that dominion stuff. No, I, I never did. No, no, I didn't. Read the word of God for yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, you are a good God. You are love. God, not some kind of love, feeling, but God, you speak into our life the goodness, the God we all desire. Father, today, as we've heard the word, God, help us to be doers of the word and not just hearers, but God, that some of us need to challenge our belief system with an open heart. We need to, as, as you said, that the word of God, the word of God is the seed that is planted in our heart. Father, we, we have to kick out the garden uh, rocks and the, all the thorns and, and till it up so that it, it, it bears fruit. God, and, and God, I'm asking, not for just 30. God, that's great. 60 is great. But God, I'm praying for a hundredfold in our lives. That when the world around us that desperately needs us, just because they don't get it, just because they don't understand, just because they don't mix your word with faith, doesn't make you a liar. But God, we will mix your word with faith and walk it out. So that again, we're praying for a hundredfold to be blessed in order to be a blessing. To speak faith and not fear in our world. To see things that are not in the negative. God, we speak to those things that are not as if they were as they move into the positive things and manifesting the kingdom of God in our world, in our children's life, in our siblings, in, in our spouses, our parents, our children's life. God, that we can have the confidence to walk in your word. Putting on your righteousness with confidence in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What a wonderful word from our pastor. <clears throat> um, some of you uh, know, know the Signs family. They attended our church for a, a number of years. They're, uh, the children, Zeke and Sierra, and um, even Jake, the youngest, um, they've really been lifelong friends. Uh, to me, we grew up, uh, me and Sierra, uh, like some of my very earliest memories are with her in the, uh, in the children's church just right back here. And I remember uh, when Zeke and Brooke were together in the um, children's church. I remember the day that 
Um, my parents took us and Zeke and Sierra to go to the hospital when, uh, when Jake was born. And so this past week, two weeks, uh, about uh, uh, a week ago, um, both of the parents passed away due to COVID. So um, they both, it's kind of a hard thing. Um, we, know that, we know that they're with Jesus in heaven, and that's something to rejoice about. But it's also something that I, I believe that um, our church kind of, we have an opportunity uh, to not only be generous, but to reach out to them, th- with our, with, to pray for them, to love them. Um, if you don't know them, please pray, pray for them. Please, please, um, you know, speak to the Lord uh, on their behalf because, uh, you know, a 14-year-old losing both of his parents, it just, it, it's our place, I think, really to kind of come around them. Those of you who know the Science family, those of you who still have contact with them, reach out to them and share love with them. We've been uh, giving them food and uh, stuff like that to just kind of take care of them and help them and assist them. But also, I want to give you an opportunity to give to them. So today, if on the back of your envelope, or even if you give online, if you would make a note of benevolence, all the giving today will go to uh, the Signs family, to the children. Uh, uh, yeah, benevolence. If you would make that note, benevolence, on your, um, or you could say like the Signs family or something like this. Um, th- we just believe that we're blessed to be a blessing. Amen? And I'm speaking to the most generous group of people that I know. And so I just want to appeal to your generosity. And not only that, but but your relationship that you have with God. I ask that you would pray and you would be an advocate on their behalf. And just ask the Lord to stand with them and hold them, not only, uh, not only uh, you know, financially like Miss Lisa was saying, but that the Lord would just stand with the brokenhearted and draw near to them in this time that um, they, really they need only Jesus, right? I can't, I can't do for them what they really need in this time. Um, so just please pray for them and um, consider a, 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 an opportunity of generosity towards them. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Mark and the young adults are extremely generous. generous. They've already blessed another family in, uh, in a benevolent situation. Uh, I, I just want to say thank you. And our young adults have been... Let me tell you, they've been working and working and working. We got young guys that are that are helping clean the church, and uh, well, we got one young guy, Jeff Howe. He he's replaced all the fluorescent lights with LEDs, and, and there's something about uh, you know somebody that's saying I'll, I'll do it, and, and I appreciate the young adults doing that. But we want to be a blessing in this situation. Um, so if you'd like to give, as, as Pastor Mark said, we'll, we'll make that available on the way out. You can drop that in the offering. Um, I just am so thankful that you're here today. Let's pray. Why don't you stand with me before we pray? Remember the men's breakfast on October the 2nd at 8 a.m. All right. Will that be here, Alex? Right here at the church. Not right here, but back there probably. All right. October 2nd. That'll be at 8 o'clock. October 2nd. All right, here, let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. And God, as we leave, God, help us to process what we heard. That God, that we choose to put it in our belief system. In your name we pray. Amen. Be blessed, you guys. Love you guys.